Hello and welcome to Lux, the podcast. My name is Margot Morin. I'm America's Catholic sweetheart. And I'm the body of Christ, Stephen Antonio. <laughs> oh, you are Corpus Christi. Yeah, That's well, who you are. You got to try it. It's a great app. You are the Corpus de Christi. I like it. I like it. Hey, welcome to Lux. This Lux. is where we uh, shed light on the upcoming Sunday gospel. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens here, Stephen, right? We listen to the gospel. Which is an L. That's an L. We understand it. I got a little background info for you. Yes, which is a U. That's a U. Yeah. And then uh, we kind of inter- interweave it with our own experiences of how the gospel applies to life. That's the X. That's and an we X. hope this applies to your life, too. Yeah. We're, and we, we always- are recording separately this week this uh as Margot is at her home in Mm -hmm. undisclosed location and i'm at my (laughs) home in an undisclosed location right right and um it's monday so we're both a little kooky yeah right i mean we're kooky anyways thinking that this podcast is something that people want to listen but we want to thank (laughs) all of our listeners there's all 10 of you that are still sticking yeah. with us. So I really do appreciate that. I don't care what Margot says. Know. No, what? No, don't throw me under any buses. I love doing the podcast and yeah. I love all eight of our listeners. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so I love you all, whoever this, you are. This episode, we're, we're back to ordinary time, OT. Back to, yep, yep, and yep. We're, we're back of- to the Gospel of Matthew. Okay. Yeah, another jaunt already, right? And this is the the 11th, right? Yeah, 11th 11th Sunday Sunday. in Ordinary Time. Okay. Yep, we paused Ordinary Time, which really means counted. So it's like uh, starts starts after Jan in like January and starts counting regular weeks. Okay. And then pauses for Lent and Easter and the feasts. And now we're back to it. That's why it's the 11th. Gotcha. Hey, but we didn't do what we always do, which is to start icebreaker. with an icebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, tell us uh, your first job you ever had and the farthest you've ever walked. Oh, uh, so my... F- um, <laughs> uh, my first job, I was a busboy at my uncle's restaurant. That was like my first under-the-table job. Oh, um, don't... Yeah, it's fine. He's not. He's not on the restaurant okay. anymore. And um, okay. but my real first real job taking taxes, paying taxes, was uh, essential yeah. supply at a hospital, a local hospital, oh, um, which right. I was not technically allowed to do because I wasn't eighteen. So I'm, I've just been breaking the rules ever, wow. ever from since the start. From the start. Okay. And I think like I probably walked a lot, but uh, I think the longest that I remember, I mean, it's probably like the walk for hunger, which is twenty miles. Have you done that? Yeah, I did it. I think I did it twice. Ooh, yeah, that's twice. Impressive. Yeah. Every my uh, Scott's done it a lot of times, and mm-hmm. everywhere we go in Boston, he's like, "Oh, walk for hunger, walk for hunger." I'm like, that's... "Yeah, everywhere is walk for hunger." Yeah. I get it. I I um, don't know if it's still a thing. I think it is. Okay. What about you, Margo? Where, where's the? Or are you Google? Yeah, I am right now. Yeah. Okay. Let us know. Um, my first job was at Baskin Robbins scooping ice cream. Oh, 31 yeah. flavors. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm really good at scooping ice cream. 
So, and making ice cream cakes. So oh, there's that. Interesting. And the farthest I've ever walked was probably World Youth Day in Rome, where I don't even know how far it was, but they gave us all a box of supplies that was in like canned food. And I remember there were Pringles in there and bottles of water. So it was really heavy. And we, and they dropped us off and they were like, okay, you're walking to the airport. And we had no idea how long the trip was. Mm. I, have, I still have no idea where we were, but it was forever. Yes. I remember that my sister went on that. And I, with me yes yeah yeah before you right. and scott were a thing right we were engaged you were oh so you were a thing <laughs> yeah we were a thing nice. yeah can't yeah. wait to see how this relates to the reading yep and here it is we're gonna we're going back to matthew we're in chapter 9 36 to 10 8 that sounds like it's long because it's in two chapters but it's not that long so settle in, settle back. Is have you found the walk for hunger yet? Yeah, it, it was. Is it it was. It still happens. It was on May, in May. I just haven't heard any, anything about it. No, I haven't either. It used to be like so big, you know. Remember? Yeah, I do. I've never done it, but that tracks. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. Gospel of Matthew, and it goes a little something like this. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these 12 after instructing them thus. Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and drive out demons. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. There it is. I love it. A little healing so, yeah. in there. Well, a bit of uh, yeah, yeah. What's what? What do you notice? Um, what I like about it is that um, uh, that Jesus felt some pity towards the crowd, rather than trying to I don't know run away or shoo them away. That he just dealt with them. So, yeah. And he delegated, which is yep. key, uh, yes. especially in the church world. Um, whoever needs to hear that and um, <laughs> it's good it's good yeah it's it's a call I like it because it's a call for us to um, to go out go 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 and go and go and go yeah not uh, only that but he's like he's empowering them right he's not yeah. just telling them he's giving them um, some skills uh, the ability right to cure and to yeah. 
At no cost. Drive out demons. Yeah. There's a really cool document that is like the first, maybe you could think of it as like the first catechism of the early, early church. Okay. And it's called the, it's called the Didache. It's not spelled like that. It's a D-I-D-A-C-H-E. Okay. And it's like a book of instruction for early Christians. And it talks about like their liturgy, Mm -hmm. but it also talks about like how to live in the world. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I remember about it, I really loved reading this and it's short and interesting, but one of the things I really liked about it was, um, yeah, no one's getting paid to do ministry. Like you're traveling town to town. Yeah. You're, you're going to stay in people's houses They're, you know, you're basically, you know, reliant on the generosity of the people you're serving. Right. Right. Which obviously I don't recommend now because I am a minister who needs to pay her oil bills. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's kind of an interesting but model. ways of doing that. I think like, um, yeah, like you can we you you could collect money and pay people and then still right, right, right. be able to, you know, do it that way. You don't think Jesus is saying, "Don't be paid." You know, I'm very biased in this uh, situation as my checks also come from a wonderful and beautiful community. Um, Who we love and appreciate. Yes. And was with between the times I was paid. So um, (laughs) I, I, you know, I actually was, it's it's funny because I was thinking about this on my way home from work yesterday of like, you know, how I view my position in the church is to make um, volunteers like have their role be the easiest to do and not worry about that because they work a 40 hour week and then they come and volunteer while I'm always getting paid for whenever I see them. So Mm -hmm. like it was for me, it was like a realization that I have to make sure that they're when they come to volunteer that it's they know what they're doing. It's easy. They get it done. I'm ready. And so I'm not wasting any other, anyone else's time uh, yeah. with that. So he, I think it's important, like you said, that he delegated, right? Mm-hmm. He, um, I think what he was doing, because he had just come from um, teaching in synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, curing every disease and every sickness before this reading. That's where he was coming from. Okay. And because the crowds were so big, he did those things, Right so that he could focus on whatever was his main concern right so i think it is i think it's important that jesus kind of at some point said okay i i i need to i need to offload things yeah so that i can focus on doing my job really well i'm thinking of um i met with a family who had a family member who was sick and I remember them saying to me that they were mad that the pastor had not come to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like kind of in the same breath, they said, you know, people from the parish have come and they brought us all this food and they did our grocery shopping for us. And, you know, they, they people have been sending us notes and leaving things on the front step. And it was like this beautiful thing that the parishioners had done, but they were mad that the pastor hadn't come. Yeah. And it was like, oh, what is the... <laughs> You know, like, what is it about that it has to be the pastor who's doing all of this right. for it to count, you know? 
Yeah. It's kind of sad because yeah. no pastor can do it. Oh, no. You know? No, there's so yeah. many, so many things that, yeah. I mean, it's like asking the CEO to come to help, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah. It, it's, it, but there's also a culture of in our church world that only the priest can do things, you know, right. or the pastor. Um, right. And I think that, that, I think that's also stated in some, uh, old school priests too, but hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, as we're continue. I mean, in the past twenty years, we get to a point. I mean, we're getting to a point where people, are, if they haven't realized that, that maybe they're just not in leadership roles anymore. Like I feel like that. Right. There's a there is a need for it, and you know, like they say, right, right there, the the um, harvest is abundant, but the labor are few. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. That's so ironic, right? Because you were just yeah. talking about being at a workshop about re- reaching out to young people in the church. Yeah. Taught by an older person in the church. Mm-hmm. And you were like, we're, you know, let's hear it from a young person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there right is the source. sort of. Mall right? the source. <laughs> I don't care about, I, I don't, I don't like middlemen. Sure. Right? sure. Straight to the source. But yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There and, and there is abundance of youth. Yeah. And in, in, in all definitions of that. And there are, there are a few laborers that will be able to kind of try to, you know, share the good news with them. Right, right. So, and what happens in the reading is that he says, he says to the disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So pray basically to, that God will send out laborers for yeah. this harvest. And I have a quote here that says, I find some irony in this image. Jesus commands his disciples to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, Jesus is sending out the disciples. And this guy says, sometimes the answer to your prayer is you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, right. Uh, right? Not the worst, but also yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Careful what you wish for, right? Yeah. When you're like, I just need somebody to do this. And you're like, well, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I remember being at like a, oh, I think it's fast-a-thon or 24-hour fasting thing mm-hmm. with youth group. And there was some story like that. Like, I asked God, you know, people, I said to God, people are starving and people are dying and people are suffering. Yeah. You know, what? why didn't you send someone? And God said, I did. Yes. I sent you. Like, oh, damn it. Oh, I've been spending all this time thinking about how this should go if someone else was doing it. And um, it was supposed to be me. Yeah. You know? But I do have to say on the other side of that, too, is like yeah. the, the dedica- delegation. So uh, as you know, Margo, and maybe the listeners know that um, – I've been running Alpha since 2016, consistently yep. as a staff, a volunteer, in all mm-hmm. areas. And this year, uh, this season, which is the 30th, um, which wow. Marco was very important into, she's part of our legacy. And, oh. um, but like, I feel that I don't have to be there during Alpha night and, mm. and everything, other, maybe other than, maybe than the food, which is yeah. fine. Cause that's like the least of the, that's the easiest thing. Um, right. 
is that like it's just so nice like i have a, a really great leadership team that i just know that i can be like i can, you know form them let them go i can yeah talk to them again like um advice is and they will be receptive to it and do it and it's it's really cool but it's also there's a part of me that's like it's because i feel like i was very formed by margo and scott morin and there's and you guys are um wonderfully together but there are two different personalities and so well, sometimes i like lean into scott which i know he like likes everything to be perfect and yep. for people and then margo's like well it doesn't matter if things are in the right place <laughs> And so I go back and forth of like, oh, I could, I you could have just, oh, it'd be this if you did this, it'd be perfect. But then like letting myself, myself out of the equation and be like, no, it's perfect because someone else is doing it, or if it's it's spread over multiple people and you know it's right. not on all on one shoulder. So it's kind right. of freeing and it's nice. And I think we're having a successful um alpha with that because then because our wonderful leadership team is taking care of our our team and our guests that it allows me to kind of dream big and see what mm -hmm. what great things what more great things we can do in the future yeah 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 so I, I think that's probably like jesus walking away right like you were saying he was not that i'm comparing myself to jesus but <laughs> that like he's like letting his disciples do it so then he can be like he could prepare for whatever is next that's going to come in his life which we all know what yeah at the end yeah i remember way 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 back in early youth ministry days at a training where the diocesan director said to us you know if your ministry is really going well you should only be present at about half of what you offer oh my gosh Right, That's a lot. That's a high percentage. It is a high percentage. And if you think about it like a pastor, right? Yeah. A pastor is pastoring the whole parish, but they can't be at everything. No, no. Right? So um, that's been a really helpful benchmark for me. I'm not, I've never gotten to 50%, but yeah. I really, I, I had, a, and you know this about me, Stephen, you've made fun of me for this. I've made it a goal in sort of every ministry job I've had to be able to call in sick at some point. Yeah. And to like have make sure that this can happen if I can't be there. Right. Whatever it is, youth I group, can remember the mass. Two, yeah. The two days through Alpha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that you, you couldn't be there, which was like, but it was, it, it was at frightening at first. And then, yeah. And then not, and then when it happened, we're like, oh, oh, we yeah. can do this. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what it, what was the other saying that when I heard someone say, never not asking someone to help, right? Not inviting someone yeah. to ministry is getting ago. in God's way for them. Yeah. So like, yes, you're the boss. Like you're the one that's leading the ministry, but. God has plans, not just for the people you're serving, not just for the harvest, but for the harvesters. Right. So each person is being called up, up, up into leadership. Yep. Yeah. I, well, I, I just love that. I, it, but also it's not like here, take it and then dump it. And then like, right about it too. The, Cause that's not really dedication delegation. That's just being a jerk. So you have to, you right. You have to like always cultivate too. Definitely. Uh, he talks about the the last the lost sheep, right? And his yes, heart is yes. moved with pity for them. 
Yeah. Who do you think Jesus's heart is moved with pity for these days? Oh man, it's probably um, I. Th oh gosh, I. Th it, I. Short answer: everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I like. I think he feels pity for the people that think they know and they have no. Clue. Oh yeah. I think it, but I really do think that just because just that the vibe that's happening in the world, in society today. Uh, which I definitely believe that God is in just spread across the world. God's mm -hmm. presence is there, but there's a lot of hype on mental mental health right right now, and I yeah, and I think that is where Jesus is 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 um, just like sharing his love and his healing with those with mental health. Where, where I think if we we're all like waking up to like this is not the way that life should be. Right, right. From the pandemic and from everything for the last twenty years in yeah. East United States. Like so I think I feel like he that lost sheep are people who um with or without faith, but those who yeah. have some mental issues, some some figuring out of life. Yeah. So if that's true, yeah. What what's the job what's the church's job? Like what are the disciples' oh jobs? Gosh. Open the dang doors and get out there and do something. Welcome, <laughs> love people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we are called to love each other and mm. um just differently. You know, we we need to no matter we need to live in people's dignity and love them as they are. Um mm. and then the, the you know, everything will be in place at first. So preach I, it. <laughs> <laughs> like today, I was all about basically faith formation when I went to there, and I they were talking yeah. about parenting a little bit, and I was like, and I just had a moment where I was, I I like to call it my uh, that's so Raven moment where I just like disappear <laughs> from yeah. reality. Yeah, and I was like, I know so like gentle parenting is a thing right now. Oh right? yeah, and it's yeah. really tough yeah. and it's hard, and I was like, you know what? Like, and I kind of make fun of it too because I just never grew up with it, but I respect it. Um, and I said, you know what, good for these parents that they saw how they were being parented and they said, no, this needs to stop. We need to do better. We're going mm -hmm. to do better and we're going to do something harder and more frustrating because I've seen parents doing gentle parenting and I, it, it just seems like a lot of work and there yeah. has to be love there for it to all make sense. But I was like, yes, right. this is, this is, this, this is such a great moment that we should be celebrating that we took a bad situation or an okay situation and we wanted to make it better for our future and yeah. i just feel like that is something that we need to do as a church overall of like those mm -hmm. that feel that they can't come to church because of x y and c z or they wouldn't like we always joke around that like oh the walls fell down when i came in oh the you know the walls oh, are yeah. still up i'm still here lightning. you know that yeah, yeah lightning strikes the church and all that like no it should be it, you should be welcoming. It should be everyone should be feel comfortable um, in a place of worship. And um, and if mm -hmm. and if people don't, then you need to change and do something for those yeah. that feel uncomfortable or not. And um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a we've talked about this before. I'm sure because mm -hmm. what haven't we talked about yet? Right. But like there there are ways to minister that are unnecessarily hard because you're doing busy work. Right. And then there are ways to minister that are like really hard, like emotionally hard and yeah. and tiring and just hard, you know, hard heart work. Yep. And people at some point choose one or the other, I think. But the hard heart work is so much more fulfilling. I think it's harder, but it 
it's so much more fruitful. It's so much more fulfilling. It's so much more meaningful Yeah. that at some point, like once you get a taste of that, it's hard to go back to like keeping a spreadsheet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I just think of like, you know, we're talking about harvesting here. Like you put so much work into a garden or a one seed mm -hmm. and you're not even guaranteed any fruit from that. Mm -hmm. And but then like once you can, you know, take that apple or take that tomato, that first tomato, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's all worth it. Yeah, 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 it's and true. It's just that's just it. I mean, that's that's like really that's what ministry is about. And I think that mm -hmm. um, but like for those who are not in ministry, which is many people. Yeah. Um, to know that like that kind of thing of just like investing in God a little bit. And, yeah. and and prayer and listening can have the same effect of like taking something small and and then you know having moments of just great joy and you know allow allowing yeah. God into your life. Oh my gosh, I had a I you know I was at the village where I work with senior mm -hmm. citizens, senior Americans citizens, and they <laughs> um, they we showed a video about Dorothy Day who um, really embraced voluntary poverty. She did the whole Catholic worker movement. She was protesting for the poor and feeding the poor. And she just gave her whole life to caring for Jesus's lost souls, you know? Mm -hmm. And at the end, we had a little conversation. And then I said, well, what? Okay, so what is this making you do? What, are you, what do you want to do now? And one of them said, I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> but then someone else said, no, you know, I feel like if we just like held a door open for someone or, or smiled at someone or, you know, we're not, we don't, no one's homeless here, but there's a, there's lonely people here. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, it does make a difference. Just the, there are lost people all around us. Right. Oh, always. Even the ones yeah. that th that don't look the part too. Right. You know, who yes. like put on the front. Um, yep. Are lonely. Yeah. I I have a little quote about this. When I asked you who are the lost sheep, um, you basically said what Jesus said, right? What the what the gospel writer said. It's the weak, the sick, the um, you know, socially unclean. Yeah, it's people who have, you know, what they would call demons, but we might call mental illness. Yep. You know, now that we know a little bit more <laughs> about that, um, I think it's sort of interesting that it's the, the lost sheep are still lost, right? Mm -hmm. um, which makes me feel like maybe we're not taking this seriously enough, you know? Well, I, also, he also uh, said, are you talking about like the last paragraph? Um, yeah. Well, no. Okay. No, up at the top where he's talking about where he was um, moved with pity at the, oh, at yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. But why? What were you going to say? Well, because I, I was thinking because um, the, the last paragraph says, sends out the 12 after instructing them of this, do not go into the pagan territory or enter to a Sumerian town, but go rather to the lost sheep of is the house of Israel. So he's yeah. talking about like within the Jewish people. Yeah. Right, yeah, like he's not talking, like he is. and I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing he's doing that because they're they're lost sheep Ooh. in the church. You know what? That need to be some this... reform. Yes. Oh my gosh, 
gosh, Stephen, you're such a freaking scripture scholar. I'm just reading. Listen, oh I'm, I am just a humble, unfrozen caveman lawyer. <laughs> caveman theologian. <laughs> this, oh my gosh, you really hit on something here because Matthew, remember, these are people who are have been like scattered, right? Yeah. He's writing to people who are still um, trying to cling to their faith after the destruction of the temple. And this uh, one scholar says this, the lost sheep is a reference uh, primarily to the poor and, and peasants who had no leaders. Mm. So he's talking about pastoring, right? Like yeah. the people within the church who had no leadership. Oh, so okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's really cool. So you picked up on that. That's, yeah. Man. Cause I do feel like some ministers, <laughs> Like they, they're, they, people come to Jesus and they, and they are in, empowered and they, they're, you know, and feel like they want to take over the world. Right. And they always are right. like, we need to, we need to worry about like everyone and all this. And I'm like, but okay, that's great. Yeah. But like, let's just bring it home a little bit. Like, let's bring it to people right. who you know, personally more rather than a stranger. Yeah, yeah. And it's right. Right, right there in Matthew about that. Yeah. He's really talking about people's need for pastors, you know, for ministers yeah. mm. who will lead them and care for them like a shepherd, you know? Yeah. Oh, which, That's cool. you know, you could look at now. I mean, the criticism, again, still sit the same situation. There are still parishes and dioceses who have bad shepherds mm -hmm. or, you know, shepherds who don't lead in charge of them and um i think jesus would have a hard time with that i think that's yeah. what he's saying oh scandalous <laughs> i have a one last quote here that says okay. um i don't know i don't know how many times members of congregations have expressed the desire to grow to increase their membership they may even pray that god would give them more members but I wonder how often God's answer to their prayer is, I've already prepared the harvest, but you have to go out and bring it in. I, I mean, think, I've definitely. So do you, does that say like people are open to it and open to faith and out there outside the, the, the church walls in the community? And we just yeah. need to go and, and maybe share a little bit of that. And so they might be then they're, they're already like accepting. There'll be, there'll be yeah. more accepting. Okay. They're searching. You know, they're yeah. seeking. I think right. like right. the the rates of spirituality are really, really high now. Yes. Even while the rates of religiosity are really, really low. Right. And, you know, they know what we have. They don't necessarily yeah. want it. But just like you were saying, let's let's get out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's funny because I in the village where I work, it's a it's a contained community, right? Mm -hmm. I know who all the self, I have a list of all the self-identified Catholic residents mm -hmm. are. And there are about 500 of them at any given time. Wow. And, and at mass, what is kind of, <laughs> kind of lovely, I've been kind of bragging about this, is that we don't have to sweat about that there are no young people there. <laughs> because, <laughs> right. Right, where all these parishes <laughs> are out trying to attract young people. We don't have to do that. They just yeah. move in. But, um, 70 to 75 of our residents are in continuing care. So they're in assisted living in um, or nursing care or, okay. or memory care. So like, they're not coming. 
and there's lots of people who don't you know there's only room for about 200 in our chapel mm-hmm. which leaves 300 people who are not coming right yeah for whatever reason some of them are going out to church in other churches but so our job then is like who are they why aren't you know what can we do for them how do we serve people who physically can't come to mass right like the mass can't be our stat of success yeah oh yeah no right no so it's really been interesting to be like oh there's there's still people on the fringe like there's still people on the margins that need to be reached out to and also just like and and just like we said talked about last week about how the tabernacle was used to store uh pieces of the body so that you can go out and give to the to the right. sick. that's what we're called to do now you know there's that's right. three, 200 people that come and 300 people missing let's go out to the yep. 300 yeah 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 i love it very cool i love it this is a good one this is a good one i like it yeah. and especially oh. you know everyone's gardens are probably hopefully doing very well right now in the summer and, right. and hopefully exactly. you'll be able to uh get you know get some harvest in in the get next couple harvesting. of months yeah. Get to harvesting people. Do you know what's ahead of us uh, in the in this OT? No, I don't. Oh, cool. Nope. It's a mystery. I, 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 it's weird I, because it's it it's been so long about Lent and and and, and I know. Easter, and we're talking about like you know the resurrection. You know, and now it's we're just out there living our normal lives and right. You know, we don't know All what's right. ahead. Yeah, it's okay. It will. It'll be a surprise. And yes. That'll be lovely. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Steven, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on stevenantonio.com. I'm available for uh, photography. Um, yeah. And that is at stevenantonio.com. And Margot, I know that people already have this bookmarked right on their favorite sure. bar. It is sure, margomorin.com for spiritual direction and this lesson here, right here in a blog form. That's true. It's true. Do you want to um, do you want to promote your parish in case anyone wants to? Oh yeah, check you know, that you, out in person. If you're in the north North Shore um, area of Massachusetts, there's a lovely parish called Mary Queen the Apostles Parish. I am so proud of, to be part of this community that I would actually invite my family and friends to. So. Wow. It is, it is a really great community. We're always looking to invite more and more people and to have a personal relationship with Christ um, from our little kids, our, our young families to our old families and everywhere too. And if you're visiting, um, it's a great place to come and visit too because we're right near the ocean and there's a lot of great things to do. And we get a lot of visitors from out of town who are amazed yeah. that people say hello at the door. So um, <laughs> we are, we're, we are very special and i and i'm so proud to be part of that community yeah and if you're over 62 and looking for um house like a retirement place to live i know of one that has a full-time pastoral associate and a chapel and lots of ministries so you know reach out if you're looking for yes i visited there and it was it was really really nice i would it is it's like there It is. It's like a little, um, you know, oasis behind there. Yeah. 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 Um, And I think I get some sort of a bonus if people say my name. Oh, use your name. Hashtag Morin. So you get that 
get twenty five percent off Margot's retirement. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Stephen, thanks so much for this. Yes, this was great. We'll, ho we'll hopefully we'll do pleasure. it in person next time. Yes, please. Yes. And uh, listener, thanks so much for being here. And I mean that, listener. There's only one of you, and no, we are so grateful. No, I'm just kidding. It's one person listening 10 times. I'm pretty sure. Mm -mm. No. Uh, listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you join us again next week for Lux the, the Podcast. podcast. <laughs> Lux the Podcast is written by Margot Morin. The podcast is edited by Stephen Antonio. Margot Morin is available for spiritual direction, and you can view her blog at margomorin.com. Simon Antonio is available for production of podcasts. He can be found at at simonantonio.com. Follow us on Instagram at lux underscore the podcast. 